0: I don't think I ever realised how little the corporate world has prepared me for being an entrepreneur. The ability to be able to set up a business that absolutely accords with me and who I am and what I stand for is, is so important. All very, very successful businessmen and women, they all have personal coaches and there's a very good reason for that. And that's because, A, we all want to grow. But B, nobody knows the answers. And actually, the the, the more your business grows and the more you grow, actually, there's just more questions to answer. The important thing is just to keep one step moving forwards every day. And as long as you do that, you are going to be making gains.
1: Who wants to be an entrepreneur? This isn't a quiz show. This is reality. A real-life discovery of what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. Welcome to a new season of podcast episodes of personal and business coaching topics and techniques around the three pillars of HEW, health, excellence, and wealth. HEW is introducing guests to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur show based on their own personal experiences, a full real-life account of trials and tribulations of what it takes.
2: Hello, and welcome to the next edition of the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur podcast. Today, I've got another wonderful guest interview for you. So we are going down the guest interview um, series of what it takes and actually bringing the guest in to speak about what it takes from their perspective to be in business, to be an entrepreneur, and to be successful. Because as we've always said, let's face it, You know, a lot of people are looking at entrepreneurship. A lot of people are in business, but are you actually aware of what it takes? And this is what this series is all about. We look at, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the roller coaster, and all of your learnings from the real life perspective so that you, as the listener, can take away these tips, these bits of advice, be inspired, be educated, and Literally learn from all of our mistakes that we've done prior so that it doesn't cost you the same. With me today for this episode, that's episode 076. They're clocking up towards the 100 here. That's uh, going to be a great milestone here for uh, HEW. Uh, we have Susie Carter. Susie and I have known each other for a number of years now through different coaching arenas and in the property space as well. And Susie is a chartered surveyor. With 25 years' experience in the commercial and residential property sectors, we have quite a, a, a funny alignment, actually, Susie. That we're going to be uh, that we're going to be picking up on on the corporate world and then coming out into business as well. So that's going to be absolutely key for those of you listeners out there that are looking to transition or are new into that transition yourself. Anyway, I digress. This is some bio I've got to get through on this uh, on this guest here. Uh, Susie's worked for some of the UK's largest property and development companies and agents, including CBRE, B&Q, Chartwell Land. And Susie's role in the corporate world was as director at Landsec PLC, which is the largest UK property company and is responsible for a shopping centre portfolio of over, wait for it. £2.7 billion. This lady is not missing about when it comes to what her experience is and what her knowledge is when it comes to commercial and residential property. Susie left the corporate world in 2015 in order to set up her own investment um, company in property, which is Strong Oak Investments Limited, and now invests herself both in property and residential. She's also doing consultancy work for both developers and investor clients. So I'm going to just bring you into, into the party here, Susie, because it could go on all day, to be fair. What do you not know about corporate experience and commercial and residential property? Susie, hello. Hello, hello. Well, that was quite an intro. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for joining us, Susie. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show. No, it's great to be here, and I'm,
0: I'm dying to get going because, I can certainly tell you a thing or two about transitioning from the corporate world to having your own business, that's for sure.
2: Excellent. Okay, so let's start off then, uh, Susie. 2015, that's when you made that 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 jump, that leap of faith, you know, that transition, whatever you want to label it as. But 2015 was a year of change for you from that corporate world, from a very, very successful corporate world. What was your driving force behind that? Why would you leave all that behind? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if I, I've ever even ever told. We've known each other for a few years, haven't we? I'm not sure I've ever
0: told you the story. So, um so I'd wanted to set up my own business for probably going up to about ten years, uh, up to, to kind of around yeah, about ten years before, and I just never had the balls, frankly, to do it. It was just something that was a bit of a pipe dream. And then I went on a property training course, residential training course, which sounds a bit odd because I was a to <laughs> bear with all this experience, but. Um, I kind of just wanted a bit of confidence boosting to kind of, I don't know, it it sounds odd to say it now because, you know, I've been there and done it for a few years. But anyway, I went on this course and I just realized that it was possible to to do it. You know, it was possible to actually set my own business up. And, of course, once you get that idea in your head, you just can't let it go. in 2013, I had my first son and I was director in the corporate world, I was doing incredibly well on a you know high six figure salary. And you know, on the face of it everything was great, but frankly, it didn't it didn't fit my values. I was spending probably ninety percent of my day in meetings and not actually doing the property job that I actually really enjoyed, which was managing the properties and the you know, tenants and doing inventive deals and you know buying and selling all the stuff that you kind of go into a profession for I wasn't kind of enjoying it so I took a year off with my son and I actually went on a year-long property training course for entrepreneurs in that year wow. so in my so actually I did my first module while I was breastfeeding my son at three months old <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah so so talk about taking yourself up for challenges and you know I, I kind of Everyone else around me was buying property in that year. And I didn't really buy anything because I was bringing up this small human. Um, but actually, what I was doing was kind of formulating my plan. And, and by that point, I'd, I was absolutely set on leaving the corporate world. And then I went back to my day job and after my maternity leave. And, I, and basically, the whole management had changed. And after I came back from maternity leave, it was literally like I'd switched my brain off, like, like the way they were treating me. And I think because this happened to me, I never really believed it would happen. But it actually does happen to women in the corporate world, especially if you take a year off when you when you're in a very senior position. I think it just wasn't viewed. It wasn't viewed as as the right thing to do. So anyway, everything conspired that I I managed to, to exit really happily from the from the corporate world and set my investing business up. Yeah, and, but but obviously, uh, I'm, well, not obviously, I also got pregnant <laughs> with my second son at that point. So I literally left when I was eight months pregnant with my second son. So talk about kind of setting yourself up for a, you know, a position, a, a brand new investing business and a, and a new baby. So that was fun.
2: Right. So I'm sure lots of female listeners out here want to know this secret, because as a woman, And I'm just going to say it how it is. As a woman in business, wanting to strive for more, you've got goals that are, you know, humongous, but then there's the the other side of, like, being a woman, of being a mother and raising a family and being, you know, at home and being the dutiful wife and everything else. How on earth do you balance all of that? How is that possible?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, there's ups and downs with it that's for sure <laughs> that's <great. laughs> I, had a, I had a two week for example I had a two week old baby and I was checking people into an HMO because my business my male business partner was off on off the day so I had this baby in a car seat desperately desperately wanted to be fed while I was desperately trying to talk over the crying while I checked this man into his room you know I, I could tell you some real stories it, it was great fun and um, you know, kind of nine months pregnant waddling around B&M trying to buy, you know, six trolleys full of of house equipment, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think the answer is there's no answer to to balancing it, and and it's very kind of you have to work according to your own situation. So um, I would say when my, my, my children now are six and four, and I would say that until... Really until the little one was two. So I give myself a bit of a hard time sometimes. Well, I think as women, we generally do anyway. But really until he was two, two my younger younger one was two, two and a half. Um, I was very much part time in business because I was, you know, I was a mum as well. You know, I was having to, to balance it. And that I really struggled with that because I really wanted to build a business quickly and I could see people around me doing it. Um, and eventually, I just had to accept the fact that maybe my, my business building would be going a little bit slower than others. Be, you know, yeah. I didn't want to miss out on my my children growing up either. And I'm quite proud, actually. I've got to the age of their six and four. And, um, you know, I'm incredibly busy. And I work very long hours. But I still feel like I, I've not missed on, out on anything in their childhood. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll look back and be in therapy because their mother's in the for, for six years or whatever. At least I hope they won't. Um, hopefully I've got the balance about right. But, you know, I have had to sacrifice aggressive growth in the early years because you
2: just can't do it. But hats off to you, though, because, you know, that's a dilemma for a lot of women. Um, even in careers, like not just necessarily business, but like the career ladder, and like you said, you know, things have changed when you went, when you went back into that, into that aspect. Um, and sometimes it's a case of you've got to choose either or. But what you're saying is is if you are prepared to continue doing the work over a longer period of time and not be as aggressive, that you can actually balance it out to, to get what you want in all areas. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think if I've if I learned
0: one thing, one absolute golden tidbit that I could give your listeners that has helped me massively is that I spent many years thinking that there was never enough time to do things. It was always about time, 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 time. And actually what I've realized and what I've, I've I had to learn the hard way is that actually there's, there's no kind of golden bullet to this. It's just about daily habits.
2: Yeah.
0: And if you plan your week and if you allocate time out in your week very religiously and and manage your diary ruthlessly and, and make sure that you get you just make take small steps every week that actually you might not feel it in a in a week or a month or maybe even 6 months but by the end of a year by the end of 5 years actually you've come a hell of a long way and because you've been disciplined and actually i think that's pretty much it you just have to maintain those habits and use time if you've got limited time just use it to the best of your ability
2: yeah i love that susie and obviously i i know i do know you over the last few years and and i know how you do operate now and i'm assuming that some of those aspects you know were from the corporate world but i'm assuming you've you've honed in on that and even more because let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this lady can be up from any time at 4.35am out in a lycra with a hard hat on, on a, on a bicycle, getting the miles in before the kids are even up. Like, she could not about or hold any prisoners. If there's something that she wants to achieve, she will go out there and achieve it. Well, I also have a very understanding husband, I have to say. <laughs> like, that does help. <laughs> That's a secret then, ladies, yeah. that it is. That's what we've all got to do. It's nothing to do with the daily habits. It's nothing to do with cycling. It's all to do with, with we need that husband. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, have, I have definitely lucked out in that department. I don't quite know why I didn't for my life to deserve that, but I have definitely lucked out. He, he does let me kind of have my head and to, and to do what I need to do. But, you know, kind of going back to the corporate world, I mean, I don't think I ever realized how little the corporate world had prepared me for being an entrepreneur. Um, And I'm sure kind of you felt that as well in that, um, you know, I I was in a senior position. I'd been doing property. So it wasn't like I was going into a new arena. It wasn't going into healthcare or, you know, whatever. I was actually staying in property. Um, But I was just so ill-equipped to setting up my own business. I remember (laughs) sitting at my desk with a pen and a piece of paper thinking, right, what do I do now? I mean, literally had no flipping idea what to do. And, um, you know, it's just been daily, daily uh, personal development. You know, I've literally learned everything I know from emulating others, um, learning from people who've been there and done it, reading books avidly, going on training courses. You know, I, I still to this day... Um, spend more of my personal development every year than I spend on anything else, and you know but that is literally the only way that i've I've learned how to how to how to be be what I am today I guess and hopefully what I'll be in the future
2: yeah I mean you know there's so much in that um of what you've just said, so I'm gonna take a little bit at a time if you don't mind oh. um, what I was gonna say is you've just said that being in the corporate world is um, didn't actually equip you like you thought that it would do, even from a senior position in the same industry. But what were your biggest learnings from corporate that you have been able to take with you into business? Because there must have been something, even if it's what not to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the I guess the most per, the, personally the most important thing was I wanted to live according to my values you know i wouldn't say the organisation i worked for had bad values far from it actually it was probably one of the organisations in in that world that had probably got the strongest you know values but they just didn't they were they were increasingly not aligning with me and where i was going and the older i was getting the more i was very comfortable and confident in my values and i just wanted to live the rest of my life in accordance with with that and 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 for me it it became a very very uncomfortable place to be Um, and I never don't get me wrong I never operated outside my values in anything I did in the corporate world but um I just didn't I just didn't feel like I was being allowed to be me and live according to my values so I kind of the ability to be able to set up a business that absolutely accords with me and who I am and what I stand for is is so important and I suppose the other thing is that um kind of in terms of what, what I brought brought into this was that, and it's funny, I didn't do this to begin with. So obviously I brought in my property knowledge and, and that's kind of a given. But but what I didn't do for probably two to three years in my own business was operate like a corporate. I think I was so anti it when I left. So I just kind of wanted to drop everything and forget about it. And actually I just kind of had a, had a wake up call one day when actually I realized that there was a stack of stuff in the corporate world that I could use and of course, I use my contacts and all that. You know, it's fine. But the, the discipline you have in the corporate world of reporting and thinking through business cases and all that kind of stuff—so justifying your your case—um, whilst it might, you know, I don't have a I don't have a board to kind of have to report to. It's a very very good discipline to um to exercise that in your own business as well, and exercise some rigor around your numbers and make sure that you know you are regularly reviewing your P&Ls and you know the rigor that that corporates have put into your own business from day one I would say because actually I didn't and I feel like I was running it as a bit of a hobby for a while mm. and it's only really latterly you know the last t- two years I would say that I've actually really sharpened up and and um, you know kind of plugged the leaks and you know and wasn't checking my P&Ls? Probably checking my P&Ls once every six six months. Well, that's pretty rubbish, isn't it? You know. Right, yeah. So now you know we have regular regular monthly meetings where we go through the P&L, we look at the profit and loss in each property, and we make sure
2: that you know. And, and just that alone has saved us probably thousands in the business. Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the structure and everything else like that is something that's key, um, because you can't get away from that in the corporate world. And you being at the level that you're at you know you're consistently reporting aren't you and yeah. um, consistently knowing exactly where you are against the budget Absolutely. and like I feel you in that I and mean, it does it does become very apparent that when you walk away from that you'd rebel against it because yeah. you're like oh my goodness me if I see another spreadsheet if I have to like you know justify and validate this budget once more, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something crazy. So, yeah, you know, the, there is there is an element of, rebe- like, rebelliousness there. Totally, totally get that. Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say there, Susie, as being the hardest bit? You said about, you know, you, you sat there uh, with your, your, your pad and your pen thinking, okay, now what do I do? And it's that shock horror so, of, oh, my God, what, what have I done? What was the hardest part for you of all of that like that transition period or that initial stage where you thought, flipping egg, what next? I think there was a lot of
0: fear, actually. I think there was a lot of fear. And, yeah. I, and I didn't realise it at the time, which has probably made it even worse, actually, because I didn't realise So there was a lot of stuff holding me back. And I think that, you know, partly it's my training. You know, I'm a child surveyor. And when you're in the corporate world, you are taught to be risk-averse. You're taught to be back to management manage risk and you know you spend a lot of time thinking about risk and so automatically you're thinking about risk the whole time you know your mindset is not on the opportunity it's on the risk and and there was a huge you know in hindsight there's a huge piece about that in in my head and so there was definitely some mindset stuff that I needed to get over um you know I was I was I didn't realize at the time I was fearful about getting too much in investment into the business because I was you know really I didn't always, I was very very conscious that you know I, I would always pay my investors back I just have to sell my house I'd rather pay them back first you know and therefore um you know I, w- I was very worried about bringing that money in you know I was very fearful about making the wrong choices about companies mm. I was buying you know so I it didn't kind of. I didn't realize at the time, but it was kind of crippling me a bit. Actually, I, I was kind of. It was almost easier not to make a decision than to make it. Mm. And, and I had to do quite a lot of mindset training to kind of get over that. And you know, I think what I've what I've learned from that is that actually we all fear, feel fear. But everything, I think, it was Richard Branson's favorite quote: "Everything you want is on the other side of fear." Mm. You know that fear never goes away, but actually, what you need to do is you need to actually just take a deep breath and just step over it and just move on. And actually, as long as you model what the worst-case scenario might look like, actually, when you do that exercise, it very rarely is quite as bad as you think it's going to be at 2 o'clock in the morning when you wake up in a cold sweat. It really isn't.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure there were plenty of those 2 a.m. wake-up calls of, have oh, I done that right? Or, what if, and, and and I should have, and all of that. Because I just think that's, that is... Any entrepreneur or business owner that, that says that they don't have those experiences, I would like to say that I think that they're lying. Because there is always that at the back of your mind. And and we're trained in that way, like you said, you know, that's probably on the on the other side of the scale of, you know, being risk averse from what your training has been. But I think through how entrepreneurs and business owners actually think and process. We, we, we actually teach ourselves and it's learned behaviour to become a little bit paranoid. So, but paranoid in a positive way, not necessarily on the negative side of that scale, to, look, to obviously then review what we've done, how we've done it, have we done it the best way, are we quick enough to market, have we considered all the stakeholders, have we considered like the different elements of risk and the contingencies behind it, have we considered uh, when we're going to get paid out, how we're going to get paid or everything. And it's that what I always like to call that, that paranoia. And if there's any, if there's not one thing that's kind of, you know, ticked off nicely in a box, it's still there kind of, you know, popping up at us, isn't it? And it's, it's at that point where it's normally in the middle of the night when we're trying to get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We really just love it, yeah. But I think
0: you kind of, um, the more you do it, the more the more you go move forward and the more you it i think it's grant cardone said that um you know when you're being you know you know when you, you're kind of growing in life because you have new problems different type of problems and it's true like i would have looking back five years i'd love the problems of having at the moment because actually it meant that i'm i've now progressed so you know you've got to look at, a, look at it in a bit of context as well
2: but it's always easier looking back at the problems that you've already solved and that you've come through because then that's hindsight you know you've already got that learning with you but if it's a new problem, you've not you've not yet experienced that path, have you? So it's always that uncertainty. So once we, you know, you've said about doing a lot of mindset training, but I'm sure that training then has allowed you to um, come come up to an obstacle and reprogram your initial fear or your initial doubt in that same way to say, I've been here before. It's just a different. It's just a different problem in a different way, but the process is the same.
0: Yeah, and reframing the problems as, as kind of opportunities and growth, and I've found, and I've I've actually found and it might sound a bit woo-woo, but I actually, um, since I've been doing learning, kind of visual, creative visualization and meditation, since I've been doing that, I feel, I feel very very different actually about mm-hmm. about a lot of things. I, I think that there's very few entrepreneurs I talk to. And again, you know, to your listeners, if you don't, if you don't get this, then sorry, I'm probably going to woo woo land slightly, but there's, in terms of my close circle of entrepreneurial friends, there's very few entrepreneurs I talk to that don't talk about how the the universe is putting opportunities in their path. And that, that, you know, they kind of, if they put it out to the universe and they ask for it, you know, it kind of, in some way it gets delivered because you kind of visualize it and everything. So Again, if you're not into it, it's going to sound super woo-woo, but believe me that it's definitely worth investigating that because I would say it's been, a, it's been an absolute game
2: changer in terms of me moving forwards. I am totally with you. So if it's woo-woo, I'm in the woo-woo camp with you. But um, <laughs> well, well, what I will say on this, and just to just to clarify this with people um, that are listening, is I do believe you've got to take all the action first and you've got to go through all of this process to understand yourself a little bit more. Going out there and looking at the law of attraction, the secret, manifestation, visualization, etc. etc., up front without having your understanding of you, who you are, what you stand for, your goals, your values, and your you know, your behaviours, your mindset, and how you can grow, all of that is irrelevant. You can only start introducing that into your life once you've once you've gone through a lot of that personal development stage yourself. So um, yeah, when people start looking into oh, I've read The Secret and, I, and that's personal development, technically not in my book. I'm all for the action and understanding you first as the individual, and then start bringing all that in, and then that's when the magic really happens, Susie. So I'm really pleased that you know you've incorporated some of that and that it's working for you because I love it. I love it. One of the books that I'm reading at the moment is Esther and Jerry Hicks. Oh, Um, yeah. I love Esther's books. Yeah. They're just fabulous. Yeah. Um, But again, it's kind of, it it only means something to you once, you know, you're aware and you're fully conscious of of yourself and what you're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's when it does sound woo-woo to people. So if people are automatically saying, nah, that's a lot of bullshit, kind of thing, like, yeah move on it's because they're not quite there yet and that's okay but it's just part of the journey and it's part of that progression
0: yeah no i, I couldn't agree more and obviously what it isn't a replacement for is daily action you know daily action habits moving moving forward Absolutely. towards the goals you know um I, I know a few people that maybe aren't quite so successful in business who literally don't take action but just put it out to the universe and hope it delivers and of course the universe rewards people that are working pretty yeah. hard and taking action so it isn't just about putting it out there and um, and i agree i think that if, if if i was doing this maybe 10 15 years ago i would be like nah you know or i'd be a very low level of this kind of creative bit of visualization etc and you know things like the secret you know you realize it quite entry level once you start kind of working up on this stuff so yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I just think people should keep an open mind on it and be
2: open to receiving it if if, um, if it works for them. Yeah, absolutely. So, Susie, you do a lot of networking. You do a lot of events where you deliver on, you know, your profession and how Strong Oak can help other people and get them, um, you know, get them educated in the right way. For investment, so you come across a lot of business owners, you come across a lot of investors, and a lot of entrepreneurs. I want to ask you this question Do you think anyone can be an entrepreneur? <laughs> um,
0: that's a, that is a really good question. So, I think there's probably people who are inverted commas natural entrepreneurs. I think, and I think it's less about the fact they're a natural entrepreneur and more about the fact they're very creative. and that they're ideas machines and um, and the more I kind of been in this game, the more I realise that nobody's the complete package. Yeah. So the ideas machines need to at some point bring in the people who are actually going to execute. And the people who are executing at some point need you know the salespeople never need to bring in people that are actually going to catch up with the spreadsheets and the P L and everything behind them. So I've I've kind of realised that nobody is the complete package and you need to be open to to bring your team in. But I think that um, there's a lot of learned skills that you can bring into entrepreneurialism. So I would say, when I started out, I wasn't a natural entrepreneur. Far from it. I was an institutionalised corporate corporate person, and um, I didn't realise it. You know, it's only now that I can I feel quite comfortable with that. You know, I thought that um, I thought I you know, was a senior in my in my industry, and you know, I, I was I would, I would be fine. I'd fly. It just isn't it just wasn't like that for me. So I've have got a now got a lot of learned skills. And really, I think there's different questions you have to ask yourself. So I spent many years asking the how question, how do I do this? How do I get these properties? How do I finance it? However. And actually the question I ask now, and this is this is this is my personal personality type, so it's not for everybody. I ask who? Who can help me with this? Who who do I need to go to for a bit of training, or you know, who can I ask? Um, who, who who can I ask? Who's done this before, and I can kind of ask them kind of how they dealt with it, or whatever. And that has been the most empowering question to make me, I think, into a better entrepreneur. I'm mean, not definitely not a finished product, but into a better entrepreneur. So I think I think you can learn these tricks and and, and this this stuff. But um, I think there probably are people who who are much more natural and just can't help themselves. They just keep creating businesses just because that's who they are.
2: I I love that, what you've just said about changing the question. And I smiled as soon as you said it. I used to ask how, and I'm thinking, yeah, I know what's coming. Because oh. again, that is a, a, another powerful realisation. It's, it's It's obvious that the first thing that we always ask is, how do we do it? How can we achieve that? How, how, and it's always how, 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 how. But then the who part of it, it goes back to what you was just saying about an entrepreneur is not the entire, like the entire article of something. They're not the full package. Therefore, the who has to come into it. To ensure that then the vision that that entrepreneur's got or the creative play that that entrepreneur's got or the execution power that that entrepreneur's got, the who bit is then all the complementary areas around it that then pushes the machine forward. And again, once you, once you discover that, it's like discovering gold. And then by that point, obviously, you know yourself and, you know, you've got an amazing network from your uh, corporate life and from obviously everything that you've built up through your own networking and, you know, your own business now. And that's where it all then comes together all very, very nicely. And, you know, you, you actually then become to be making sweet music where it seems a lot more easier and enjoyable. Like the first few years of setting out is what you found little bit different in your circumstance because you've had small people involved as well. But it's it's as though you're hitting your head against a brick wall with this how question, isn't it? How can I do it? How yeah. am I going to achieve that? How? But then gradually it all starts fitting into place. You, you are just epitomizing all of that point now and it's, it's brilliant to have you on expressing all of that at, at your part of your journey of it. But also at the same time, you know yourself and what you've said is you're not you're never going to be a finished article either. And you're a massive advocate. I know this personally. And you've just you said it just a, a little bit earlier in the interview that you spend more money each year on personal development than anything else. So tell me, why is that important to you, Susie? You know, I, I think the
0: fundamentals, of it, and yeah, this isn't just me; this is backed up by a stack of research. That you know, Tony Robbins talks about it a lot. Is that you know, when you actually boil everything down, when you we're all in the pursuit of happiness, really, the end game for all of us is happiness. Great, so yeah, no, no matter what, no matter what we do, and actually, the, the, the secret to happiness is growth. You know, if if, if you're growing and and moving forwards in life, that is a, that is your source of happiness, effectively. And so I just, I've, I've never wanted to stand still, even when I, you know, in pre, pre-entrepreneurialism. And I think that there's always new stuff that I want to learn. You know, the world's always changing. I, I, I started with a secret and, I, and I'm now in really deep manifestation territory. When I get a new obstacle, there's always something else I need to learn, how to get over that. You know, all, all the best, all, all all very, very successful businessmen and women, they all have coaches and um, person, yeah, personal coaches, and there's a very good reason for that, and that's because a we all want to grow, but b nobody knows the answers, and actually, the, the the more your business grows and the more you grow, actually, there's just more questions to answer, because you know you have to like you have to get another pair of big girl pants on, then another pair of big girl pants on. These pants are getting bigger and bigger, um, as it were. Excuse the metaphor, but um, um <laughs> but- big girl pants on
2: this show. <laughs> <laughs> but actually
0: um, you know it it, it is it, it's about do you want to handle that on your own or do you want to um you know bring bring people in uh, to help you with that for me i want the easiest route to my destination whatever that is the destination keeps moving and i think that personal development is is that help that i
2: need yeah so going back to corporate life I assume within you know all of your twenty five year career you know you've you've had you've had different exams that you've sat you've you know you've grown there could have been there's courses that you've been on there's training programs that you've been on were there any part of, of that, that that concentrated on mindset and personal development at all or was it just skills for that job? So it's interesting because
0: when I was at B and Q so the job my kind of two couple of Job before, sorry, a job before my last job in the corporate world, and um, there was there was a very very um interesting seminar which basically introduced all this stuff to me, and I have to say, it was jaw dropping because it was the first time I'd heard it, and that was probably the age of thirty two something like that, maybe 30, 30, 32. and and I, I I genuinely couldn't couldn't believe this stuff, and and when I look back now, it was it was pretty entry level stuff so you know all credit to them actually at that point now that was in the boom times when you know there was training coming out of our ears you know it was kind of a luxury to feel this stuff in my experience in the corporate world what happens is as soon as hard times hit the corporate world inevitably training budgets shrink and it's very becomes very task focused um so i would say you know whilst personally i then pursued it myself kind of that up from that training course I never really got that type of on-the-job kind of training again in terms of mindset and personal development and actually I'm not sure I needed it in the in the corporate world you know you yeah. kind of yeah I don't think I really you know isn't it so but I think that the corporate world and and, and companies would benefit very much from doing this with their staff in fact to, I'm reading really an amazing book at the moment. Um, a guy that I really admire called Vishen Lakiani who uh, runs Mind Valley. Okay. Um, Mind Valley is um, it's called the Buddha and the Badass, actually, and it's about how how work environments can basically become fun, and how you can actually you can change the whole paradigm of work into something that is is much more about the people. And less about kind of being tar- very task based. It's fascinating, actually, and I think the
2: world has to change that way. So, with, with that in, with that in mind, then from from all of that, with you saying that you didn't necessarily need it in the in the corporate world in terms of extra training and mindset and personal development, what do you what do you think is the key element though that people do need corporate or when they're first coming into business.
1: Um,
2: well, I think the I think certainly when you got
0: your own business, it's resilience, it, it's 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 a strength of mind and resilience because yeah. you basically it, it's kind of you know they say that so many new businesses don't succeed, you know, don't outlast five years. And actually, I think that there's obviously reason. There's obviously um, this business mistakes. You know, there's there's um. Cyclical reasons for that, in terms of the economy, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that isn't due to the fact that that people just find it too hard and just Mm. give up. And frankly, I think we've all found it too hard. There's been weeks and months where you just think, "What is the point?" I'm just going through treacle, and it's just bloody hard work, and not getting anywhere. In fact, in fact, I'm not just not getting anywhere. I've actually taken about four steps backwards here on this particular deal or on this particular whatever, and. What I just do now is just know that it's going to get better and visualise the future and realise that, actually, you just have to just keep going. And so I think resilience training is is, is possibly the most important thing that people could get, and, and that's, there's a
2: stack of mindset stuff in that. You know, With resilience then, Susie, how did you build yours up? If that was something that you didn't necessarily need, then obviously then you, you was in business and you had to then basically develop all of that, did you, or did did you just kind of align with the resilience element of things?
0: No, I mean, um, I think I've always been relatively relatively resilient. You know, yeah. I've always had long distance mountain bike rides across the Himalayas and stuff like that. So I think and I, I
2: never knew, knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I think I have you're the crazy chick that's up at four thirty five sunrise on the bike. So I think I've always I've always had an element of
0: resilience in my mindset but <laughs> this is like a whole new level in business you know and I think that basically I just had to I literally because because I am quite bloody minded I just kept going and just kept going and just kept going and and you learn that actually you know and then, and then with personal development like layered on top of that you actually learn that the important thing is just to keep one step moving forwards every day yeah. and as long as you do that you are going to be making gains, which is why I kind of go back to the beginning when I said about habits. You know, if you can develop those daily habits of just doing profit or, or, or kind of income-creating, generating activities every day, then that resilience kind of comes in.
2: Mm yeah yeah i'm I'm totally with you on it and i know and i know what you're saying about the daily habits um you know and i like i know well when you said about the scheduling even that scheduling your time putting the boundaries in being ruthless as well was your wording uh with the calendar schedule and stick to it and it all all then comes hand in hand like you don't have to necessarily be the smartest person in the room or the best salesperson or the best marketeer or, you know, the most creative or anything. But if you get the basics right, and then, like you said, who can I pull on to bring in that specialism, or who can I draw upon to give me advice in that area, you're sticking to your plan of what the basics are, regimented and executed to a T. Yeah, what, what I've realised being in the property
0: business, and, and I kind of knew this in the corporate world, but I, I, I find it even more now, is that you could have coffees and phone calls with people all day long if you want to because you know you meet anybody they they want to have a coffee with you and it's lovely you know it's nice that it's great everyone wants to network and stuff but and i was doing that for a good couple of years you know maybe not initially with a small person but you know i was kind of having long chats on the phone and getting to know people and what i realized was it wasn't moving me forward at all in the slightest so i i have become absolutely ruthless with my time and um you know i kind of I've, i've just completely cut that out and, I, and I'm, you know, I, I kind of um, ask people to schedule appointments with me. And, um, you know, when, when I do have those conversations, I keep them quite, quite snappy. And, you know, I block out, I block out kind of time in the morning when I know it, when I'm productive. I never have calls then because sure. that's the time when I'm actually working and, do, and, and scheduling really important income-producing tasks. Later in the day, like about this time, you know, we'll talk about four o'clock-ish. Um, That's when I kind of, you know, can schedule my calls. When maybe I'm not quite on the ball with kind of really important tasks. So it is. It's just about it's about learning how you work and how you can, you know, how how you can move forward the best, really.
2: And that's personal, isn't it? Because that's different for everyone. Absolutely, yeah. You know, when people talk about success habits, you know, you can't have somebody else's success habits pushed onto you because you you might operate very very differently. Yeah,
0: exactly that. I mean, you know, I'm a morning person. So as you say, I'm very happy to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning with my cycling helmet on and then go straight into a day's work. But honestly, by 3, 4 o'clock, I'm pretty much on my knees. You know, I'm quite ready to, to, to kind of stop and have a cup of tea and maybe go for a walk or something like that. But that's me. You know, there's some people I know that work late into the evening because they're mm-hmm. night owls and, you know, they, they lie in bed till 9 o'clock in
2: the morning. So it just it doesn't matter as long as you
0: get the stuff done.
2: Yeah and the daily habits are you know there is a lot to be said about successful entrepreneurs you know looking after themselves in a morning you know focusing on the health their well-being the exercise the outdoors you know you've mentioned that you read I think every single person that I've had on this what it takes show they are readers like they are consistently you know progressing and learning and growing but I just I just I like to stress in terms of, you know, if you can get a routine that you can start off in the morning like that. Great. I'm all for it. But sometimes circumstance doesn't allow that. Or sometimes your you know, your I don't know, your physicality or your hormonal balance or anything just doesn't allow for that. And I'm all right with it. You know, it's not a case of like a business owner or an entrepreneur should be put onto the scrap heap because they can't get up and start working and operating like that. I think if you've got your checklist that you go through and that, you know, you're you're executing on all of the tasks that you've got to do on a daily basis and keep disciplined with that, keep resilient a- a- against it, you know, be confident in the tasks that you're doing. I think as and when you do them, it's not really that important as long as they get done.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that you know, there's become a bit of a machismo macho thing around miracle morning. You know, when I get up at five, when I get up at half four. You know, a little bit, and really, it doesn't. It just doesn't matter. You know, honestly, um, I think I probably had coronavirus back in March, and I was absolutely wiped out for two months. I mean, genuinely, could not get up. Um, you know, I would set my alarm, and I would, I would just actually have to go back to sleep because I was so tired. And I didn't beat myself up, you know. That was that was what my body needed to recover. And actually, um, I'm getting back into exercise again now, and I'm loving it. And my my routine's coming back, but it, I'm not kind of beating myself up about it. It's just yeah. the
2: way things were. So, what you are good at, I will say this again: is you know we we've covered quite a lot on you've come from you've come from an amazing career. You know, you're, you're an absolute credit to to females in business that are looking to, you know, grow, have a family, be happy in a, being a mom and being a, a wife, and like you know, pushing forward with your business goals and keeping balance and all of that. Still getting out and on on your bike rides and and your fitness. But what you do do is you don't beat yourself up over stepping back and taking that time out for self care. You know, all of that is all important in the entire mix of it all, and you know this. I totally respect this and take my hat off to you because you know, with H E W, you know, we always say hashtag you first. And you can't be a business owner, you can't be a wife and a mom to the best of your ability without understanding what you need. And it's all right as us using the words resilient and discipline and and you know ruthless. But at the same time, like, there is a softer side that you respect and nurture. Your self-care of isn't there?
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, and thank you for that. I mean, I think, I think. I mean, I have to say, I have got a very understanding husband, and, a, and you, know, he's, he's very, you know, he's very, he's very great. But um, I, I, I did for, for several years think that um, I was being a terrible mother if I did if I took time out for myself. And I think, I think as a, as a woman and, a, and, a, and as a mother, you do feel that. You do feel this constant guilt, you know, oh, God, I'm at my desk, I should be with my kids. Oh, my God, I'm with my kids, I should be at my desk. Oh, God, i have not run for, you know, ten, six weeks, or, you know, I'm not going to bike ride, and, oh, God, you know. And actually, what I realise, and this is just me, and I'm not kind of advocating it necessarily for anybody else, but for me, I realise that if I, if I actually get my exercise in first thing in the morning... You do a bit of meditation. I'm talking like ten minutes. I'm not talking about doing a full-on kind of, you know, chanting or anything like that. You know, I'm talking to you know, ten minutes, half an hour bike ride, ten minutes, a um, few stretches, and it just makes me a better person. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm not as snappy or irritable with the kids. I've got more energy to do my business. I, I you know, I feel more awake, and it, it's just it just works. And actually, so therefore, when I'm taking time out. do that and to have self-care i i I just i've just dropped the guilt because i'm just like actually this is i'm actually helping my family and helping my business by doing this and and this this is what works so yeah i think i think as women we have to try and drop that guilt because um at the end of the day that's not serving anybody especially not yourself
2: yeah amen to that i love it's music to my ears let me tell you and i just wanted to pick up on the fact of we don't have many women on this show it would almost look like um, all I do is interview men all day long. <laughs> which is not true. Which is not true. But what I will say is I don't seem to have as many women guests available to me that are in business that you know that are able to share the What It Takes story. There just aren't as many. And I'm not saying that there aren't us out there because we are evidently. Um, and obviously, you know, Lauren, my business partner now in in the business here is female and I, I love it you know I'm not a, I'm not a, a female champion or anything like that. I'm very much of you know if you're a business owner you're a business owner let's crack on I don't care if you're a man woman or whatever you want to be like you know but I just needed to uh, I just needed to recognize that fact and, and 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 nod my head to it on the fact that I think you're the second female guest that I've had on for what it takes you know? so yeah there you are there you there. <laughs> you're big, up in, it, you're big up in it for the women and you're telling women out there how feasible it is to basically have it all that's what you're saying
0: yeah and you know what i think that it's becoming more relevant for men as well especially in lockdown actually i mean i've spoken to an increasing number of men who have struggled with lockdown as well because they've been having you know Sharing the childcare, you know if, if both of you work it, you know one of you can't just give it up and look after the kids so it has been very much a shared thing and therefore I think that the same principles definitely apply for men and you know I think that the gender stereotypes of the woman looks after the you know children and, and balances the business I would say that we're very 50 50 in our household so you know as I say I'm a lucky lucky lady I've got a very you know I've got a great husband but it, it, it's, you know, I think that we've established that because we both work. And actually, he really wants to bring the kids up. He doesn't want to be an absentee father. I really want to work and bring the kids up. And I think we've kind of, we've got, we've got into a pattern. And I think that increasingly, I, I think this stuff is really relevant for men as well as, as well as women.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for uh, saying thank you and well done for the support from, from your husband to allow you to do that. Um, because I do, and I have worked with personally females in business and um, that have come to us for coaching that have not then pursued what they want to do because they don't have the support at home, and sadly that has been something that has then restricted, you know, their path or their career or their growth or anything. So, you know, testament to uh, to Mr. Carter there for you know for being the support because you know it is teamwork. Everything that we do, you know, we we don't we don't just succeed alone you know yeah. you it a couple of times in terms of what you need is is the team for being a successful entrepreneur and i think a lot of the time we we take that for granted or we don't recognize the importance of the support mechanism and the support network from home
0: yeah home, home and and also like-minded people who are in your peer group who are also entrepreneurs you know i think i think we're you, know, you and i you know we give each other support as well and i think that um that's really crucially important because actually, it's a very very lonely business if you're not careful. And yeah. actually, to, to to know that people—not that you want them to—but to know that people are having similar challenges to you and have, have got over them, and you know, this is—it all comes back to the who question, doesn't it? You know, okay. just, just bringing in that support mechanism is really is really great. Yeah,
2: just to round it off then, Susie. Our three bullet points from you, three main components to our listeners of what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. Oh, the pressure, the pressure of the three bullet points. Right. Well, I've got to say
0: daily habits because I've banged on about them enough, haven't I? (laughs)
2: Banged on, meaning, you know, reiterated reiterated the
0: importance. (laughs) So I would say daily habits and routine a growth mindset and probably a great support network. Brilliant.
2: Thank you very much. Really, really appreciate them. Daily Habits and Routine, Growth Mindset and a great support network. I couldn't have said it better myself. Amazing to have you on the show, Susie. You've been an absolute pleasure. You've given some um, some great um Insights to your experience and your learnings and your growth and, you know, what you've been doing to juggle everything all of these years and how, you know, your, your mindset has, has helped you predominantly to push you forward. You know, as you've said, you always knew that you'd you, you never give anything up and you'd always, you know, keep on striving no matter what it was. And that's been testament through your career and it's testament to what you've achieved and are still achieving to this day. So, you know, it's, a, it's an absolute honour to be part of that, to, you know, share that with you and, and see you grow and see you develop because it's, it's just incredible. So well done on that. Can you just tell our listeners where they can get hold of you? Where can they find some more information out about you and Strong Oak? Yeah, sure. Well,
0: thank you for that. Um, so it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So, yeah, just to say that um, I, I do have a couple of websites if people want to get in touch. So my investing website is www.strongoakinvestments.com. And that's just a bit more about my investing business. Um, and you'll see the lovely Mr. Carter on there as well. And then uh, I also have just set up a commercial property training company, actually, where I'm going to be offering some online training in commercial property. So if anybody happens to be interested in that, I think it's going to be an amazing market we go into shortly for obvious reasons. Um, and you know, there's going to be some great opportunities. So um, that the website for that is
2: www.commercialpropertyacademy.com. Dot Uk. yeah excellent okay go check it out guys as you can uh, as you can see from yourself for yourselves hear for yourselves you know Susie is one of the genuine authentic eggs of the world you know she's been there she's done it she wears a t-shirt every single day I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening hope you found a lot of value in this episode as always do please share do share on social media leave us a review um on any of your platforms that you, you have listened and downloaded this from and we thank you for your continued support. and looking forward to you tuning in with us again next week. Over and out from us.
1: Thank you for listening to the HEW podcast. For continued support, please subscribe using iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play or SoundCloud. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review on your download platform. Tune in for more value and more content the same time next week.